Good evening to everyone. I, and along with uh, my co-host, Kavitin Hammer, it is my great pleasure to welcome you all to the second edition of Investing India Manufacturing Conclave 2.0. Uh, you know, I remember we were just talking with Tarasya just a couple of minutes before the start of this call. Um, you know, last year in 2020 when we started this uh, manufacturing conclave, the uh, so world was different. Uh, you know, it was in the midst of a pandemic, we didn't know um, how things will shape up in the future. And, um, you know, when that's the time when the government also realized that there's a huge potential in the manufacturing uh, segment. And the new teams were launched, one of them being the famous KLIT. Uh, looking at this, we hosted uh, the manufacturing volunteer, and on the back of the success, we were encouraged to have the second edition this year. So it's a three-day session that we've been doing. Yesterday was the first day, and today was the second day. Uh, we have hosted um, many, many leading Indian manufacturers, which were traditionally into electronics and electrical component manufacturers. We also had uh, a manufacturer of products for, for the medical, healthcare, and consumer sector. But one of the areas in the manufacturing segment, which uh, I think personally is that you know can have the potential to make India. Uh, you know, put it in the top of the map is the chemical sector. And it's my pleasure to host the management of uh, the leading Indian multinational company, uh, which has been in the chemical segment for decades. And uh, none other better than to, to tell us how India is positioned uh, in this segment. It's my pleasure to host very well-known uh, gentlemen in this segment, uh, Mr. Raman Bermuda. He's the CFO, and along with him is Mr. Raj Tiwari. Um, so, you know, without further ado, I would like to, you know, hand over the mic um, to my colleague Aditya to, you know, start the fireside chat. Over to you, Aditya. Yeah, thanks, Opna. Uh, welcome, uh, welcome, Anand, welcome, Raj, welcome, Radhika. It's a great pleasure to have you here. And it's clearly, you know, uh, which company can be better than UPL to represent with the true Indian multinational. Uh, so, you know, there has been a lot of buzz uh, about, you know, sourcing from China, shifting to India. And in the agrochemical space, there are additional dynamics, you know, to kickstart with because of the innovator, patent and board, and, you know, uh, you know, regulation. Now, the first question that, you know, I would like to have are your thoughts on, you know, the global agrochemical industry historically has been sourcing a lot from China, uh, whether it's innovators or generic companies. Uh, but in the last, you know, three to four years, uh, because of multiple reasons, uh, there has been a desire by these companies to lower the exposure to China, either because of US-China trade war, de-risking strategy, or, you know, rising cost of data protection. So in your assessment, you know, where does India stand uh, in terms of India's ability to benefit from, you know, a shift of manufacturing from China to India? So, clearly China has a clear advantage uh, in certain set of chemistries, you know, we might still be uh, way behind. But in your assessment, will there be a meaningful shift specifically in agrochemical manufacturing from China to India? So, yeah, Raj, go ahead, please. Yeah, so I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
I think this discussion uh, for you could be, you know, new today. I mean, probably, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about outside our company perspective. The discussion could be new because of the changing uh, global, uh, you know, uh, geopolitical and other uh, factors, uh, and also what's happening in China. But for us. Uh, you know, we were very clear for the last, uh, you know, you know, 15, 20 years um, that this is the way of forward. And for us, uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say a very significant or a, or a, or a, you know, a very large part of our business is um, manufactured in-house, right? And out of that also, uh, you know, uh, I mean, you take, you name the product where we are, and uh, most of it, either we are number one or number two, and therefore, those products where we are number one or number two, we, by design, we, 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 uh, we had a strategy that we will go for absolute backward integration. And this is a, not a storyline which is of last three years, but this is a storyline for the last 15 years and of you know, 20 years. That, that, that is our strategy. So, and that strategy gets intensified even going forward that for us, uh, even the products which are numbers, uh, I mean, they're, 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 they're globally number three or number four also, and, 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 and uh, you know, needs to be backward uh, integrated. So that's, that's a part of uh, uh, to answer your question specifically, uh, you know, a lot has changed in the last four, five years, or four years specifically, right? Um, uh, I mean, initially, uh, for, for a couple of years, it was because of the environmental, uh, you know, strictness, or, or rather compliance, I'll, I'll put it this way, uh, that, 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 that China manufacturing was under threat, both in terms of non-ability of capacity because many capacities got weeded out, but also because of this compliance, the cost factor, right? So the companies in China had to had to invest, and also not only invest, they had to comply, right? So those environmental, to comply to the environmental norms, there are, there are costs, right? And which, for Indian manufacturing companies, we were always, uh, you know, you know compliant. For example, uh, we could not discharge uh, certain COD and above, we had to recover salt and this and, you know, so, so, uh, you know, incineration, so there was a cost. So, that gave a level playing field, right? I mean, still there are certain areas where the level playing field is not there, and I'm thinking in terms of export incentives, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge number, right? Level turning is a huge number. So, and then, and then the geopolitical tension, and, and that, uh, that also forced many companies who were thinking that we should be manufacturing light and you know let 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 the let the hard work which we do uh, you know and they were they were not doing so let the hard work be done by someone else and will source and it's cheap and right and and that is that is biting them now that that's biting most of the companies who are so there is a very 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 serious uh, a consideration by most of these companies to look for alternate. And let me take half a minute more to explain what the alternates are. I mean, what the world has alternate, right? Because for a chemical industry, whether organic chemicals or any chemical, you know, you have to have the ecosystem, the, the chemical ecosystem, right? And uh, 
So for that, uh, I mean, I mean, except for India, to to some extent, you know, uh, some places in in Vietnam, Thai, Thailand, but but that in insignificant. Either India or you know Europe. Now, the manufacturing again going back from China to Europe is uh, you know cost-wise, you know that you know uh, is is not viable, and therefore India is the alternate. I see a lot of traction. Right? I mean, we are not a contract manufacturing company, too, and therefore, uh, you know, we, we are busy with our own, you know, you know, you know expansions, our own, own intermediate, you know, intermediate uh, coverages, but, but I see a lot of traction in terms of uh, these companies coming to India, and, and things are happening on the ground, so serious things are happening on the ground. Raj, it's an interesting perspective, but, you know, when you look at the import data from, you know, China, uh, last year, your average has been about $8 billion uh, per annum, and the preceding three years, it was about $5 billion. So, there has been a big spike that we have seen from imports from China. Now, you know, lot of that, you know, the you know, shift of manufacturing from China, possibly that is yet to play out. And uh, in your assessment, uh, to see meaningful results, uh, will it take, you know, two to three years or even longer? No, I think and you have. Sorry, go ahead. This is completed, and that is number one. Number second is that what really drove this sudden spike in import in the last three years uh, from China, uh, and is, is, is there some kind of a transient, uh, you know, impact, or do you think that you know this could you know be a sustainable number? So I think you know you have to understand. Uh, I mean, you when 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 you say, I mean, the imports have has has gone up by about. Two billion dollars or two point two billion dollars as compared to previous three you know years for organic chemicals. You know if you if you really look if you really dissect up and look um, at a at a micro level, where does that increase come from, right? And and that's a weakness with uh, with us over here in India, and that's where I'm saying that you know, in terms of seed stock, you know the basic organic chemical seed stock. I mean, uh, for example, whether it is phosphorus or it is um, uh, you know, or or uh, it is any other, uh, uh, you know, you know, feedstock. But you see the valuation which is happening, right? You all, you 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 also have to understand, and you also have to look at the the organic chemicals or uh, the intermediate and the specialty chemicals export. You know, against that three dollars, you know, two point two billion dollars increase. So what has happened is that cheap feedstock or or, or basically the feedstock uh, because of the higher demand has you know has an increase the input has you know, has an increase but at the same time the value addition which has happened uh, against a one dollar import the value addition which has happened is is substantially higher as compared to import so that's something which is which is uh, which is uh, uh, encouraging and this is where I'm saying we can see the shoes there itself this will have a multiplying effect as the time uh, progresses, right, in the next two to three years' time, you will be able to see that you know, multiplying effect. And I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that organic chemical imports will have, will, you, will, you will start seeing a negative downtrend. No, it will not. It will also grow. But the growth of exports will be phenomenal as compared, I mean, will be phenomenally high as compared to growth in the imports of the, of the basic you know, organic chemicals. Just to add to what Raj is saying, you know, I think, uh, yeah, you have to look at it in context, you know, the exports which have been going up, the value, uh, and that that probably will answer 
uh, or probably will put to rest the question of increase in imports. But clearly the de-risking approach is coming out of age because I think uh, the uncertainty coming out of China uh, policies largely, you, know, you never know one day they will shut off electricity, the other day something else. And people spend billions if not millions of dollars, you know, building up a marketing and distribution network and then suddenly that getting choked. Uh, yeah. So people are looking for alternates and uh, I think the Indian entrepreneurs also have come of age and they are, they are, they are more now willing to take risks or go outside the Indian boundaries and try to, uh, you know, establish market. Of course, UPL has been quite early in this stage. Uh, you know, we, we our international operations started in 1993, and uh, we we started this clearly on the strength of our manufacturing, and we we, we took great pride, and we continue to invest also in manufacturing. So. But I think one thing which clearly differentiates us from most of the others, at least as of today, is uh, the value-added products. You know, we, we, we hardly sell any birth chemicals. We, we sell almost value-added finished products uh, 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 manufactured in India and which are sold globally. And uh, I think as that trend picks up, you will see a much more value being captured in India and the export significantly being of higher value than the imports. So, uh, before I ask the next question, there's an announcement that uh, if participants have a question, please raise your virtual hand. Yeah. So, you know, one interesting uh, point, Raj, you mentioned that uh, when you look at backward integration, clearly your focus is that, you know, top products of UPL should be, you know, have a higher level of backward integration. So, other than this, you know, what are the parameters that you consider when you are deciding on the level of backward integration? Uh, do you have a percentage in mind that, you know, out of X percentage of cost, you know, we should have a direct control? How do you, uh, how do you look at, uh, you know, uh, what's the, the battery indication? How do you evaluate? No, we don't have a thumb, we don't have a thumb rule to say that, okay, X, X percentage of the cost has to be back to the, uh, clearly, I mean, I mean, and, 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 and depends on, 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 on a lot of factors, uh, but, uh, but you know, I mean, let's see. Even if the molecule is small, but if we know that we are we are investing heavily in terms of our, uh, you know, in in terms of of our uh, of our registrations, uh, you know, in various countries, and, and and a lot of money goes there, and that's also a lot of capital is you know invested, and we know that this molecule we are going to make it big, and and we have very clear this thing. We from day one we ensure that you know we are uh, we have a strategy by which. Uh, you know, we 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 are uh, backward uh, integrated. What what basically drives our investment? This thing is that the controlling. I mean, there are two parts. One is that the controlling element of that particular product or molecule, right, needs to be man, you know manufactured by us completely. That's one. Number two, the security of uh, the supply, because one of the key factors why globally the customer preference UPN is because of showing the supply. I mean, if, you know, you know, today the customers have realized that, I mean, who has, uh, who who is in a better better position to actually deliver better, you know, uh, you know, uh, the you know product and and has the assurance of delivery, better supply chain is the one who is having you know end-to-end control and not the end-to-end control. 
So that is something which, which, uh, which, but, but there's no thumb rule in terms of deciding what percentage of cost you should have on that too. You know, uh, yeah. And lastly that, you know, there are certain synergies. You know, I mean, you, 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 you take, for example, uh, let's say, I mean, you, if, if I am, uh, say, you know, producing basic chemicals, like, for example, I have a caustic, I have a chlorine, I have hydrogen, I have carbon dioxide, you know, I have, uh, uh, you know, trimethyl phosphide, trimethyl phosphide, or, or in XYZ, so those basic chemicals, and some of those chemicals are also being used in those, in those molecules. Then we definitely make sure that, you know, it's, a, it's an integrated network and we end to end here, here, there. So, yeah, so we have a question. Yash, uh, can you please uh, unmute yourself and go ahead? Hello, am I audible? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so basically my question was uh, related to the raw materials pricing. Um, so after uh, since we've seen like inflation in the raw materials pricing in the last 68 months, have the prices corrected like la in last one month or so? And uh, on top of that, like have you been able to take sufficient price hikes and pass it on to the customers? Raj, you're on mute. Raj, you're on mute. Yeah. Uh, no, I will answer the first question, uh, and 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 also I tell Anand to throw some light on the other part in terms of passing on the. So you know, I mean, if we talk about uh, last six to eight months, uh, you know, for 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 uh, for commodity chemicals or for commodity, not only chemicals, and for commodity, whether steel or it is uh, or it is metals or it is coal or it is uh, you know you know natural gas. Um, uh, phosphorus. I mean, uh, you know, most of the commodities have either doubled or even tripled. Now, from that level, in last about 30 odd days, or maybe three weeks, we see a soft thing happening. It is softer. Some of them have sharp, you know, uh, you know, corrected sharply, for example, coal or some of the metals. But still, from the, you know, you know, Three quarters back, rising till now, it is still at uh, at at uh, at uh, you know you know a level where the prices are double as compared to nine months back. Uh, and we see that we see you know this trend. Uh, we 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 anticipate that this trend will continue. Same is the case also with uh, you know freight. I mean ocean freight. Uh, they had gone crazy. Uh, but the correction is happening, but not it's not very very steep. It's soft, but we can see some softening there. Uh, uh, but the global uh, uh, loss still would 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 be under stress for the next two quarters as well in terms of availability of uh, MPs and availability of containers and and uh, and. Uh, you know, the, the space, I mean, uh, space on the vessel itself. So, yes, I, 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 you know, do know see that. As far as our, uh, passing on the, the, the cost increases to, to, to the market is concerned, I mean, if you can talk more about Sure. No, I think, uh, markets have started accepting the increase in cost, uh, the inflationary increase in cost, and they have started, uh, you know, Accepting the price increases that we have been uh, trying to push through in the market, uh, 
uh, over the last, uh, I would say at least since mid of August, we are, we are seeing the acceptance being pretty well, uh, uh, you know, pretty high. Uh, I think more importantly is also the supply. You know, this is the time when uh, particularly uh, countries in Latin America, U.S. and Europe start sourcing and uh, supply constraints have, you know, also been uh, quite high, which has resulted in uh, the price increasing being well accepted now and, uh, you know, uh, because once you have sown the seeds and, uh, you know, if you don't have the product, uh, you, you know, it's going to be a complete loss. So, clearly everybody's trying to secure whatever products uh, they want and uh, they're trying to secure it early and at whatever price, you know, because uh, as you know, the crop protection chemical is about uh, anywhere between 7 to 20% of the cost of, uh, total cost of uh, any uh, agriculture produce, uh, and that's not being significant, therefore, they just want to ensure that uh, they have the supply rather than worrying about the cost. So, in a nutshell, uh, yes, price increases have been very accepted, yes. Sorry, go ahead, yes. Right, right. Uh, this is, can I assume that we were able to pass on prices in all the geographies? Like, uh, we, have we had any kind of problem in passing on prices in any specific geography as such? Uh, I mean, see, uh, our business is seasonal. India season is over. Rabi, of course, we are trying to increase the prices and it's accepted. But that's why I mentioned specifically about Latin America and uh, US and Europe, which are our, you know, important geographies. I would say 65% of our, or even more, comes from these three markets. And uh, there the season begins now, and therefore we have been able to pass on the prices. Yeah, India was also. Sorry, Raj. No, I was, I was, I was telling Raj that, uh, you know, Generally, there's an acceptance in the price uh, because, uh, I mean, they also, the customer also understands that, um, you know, there is, you know, there is a lot of stress in the whole supply chain globally. But also, you know, that, yes, it is important to understand that, you know, in all the geographies, by and large, there, there is an acceptance, but it, it, it would depend on, you know, from, you know, products to, you know, product as well, right? I mean, in some of our products, you'll find a lot of resistance. And, and hardly any uh, movement, but some of them, uh, you know, of course, it's all about, uh, you know, the number of supply in the situation today. Yeah. Right. So we can assume that the margins will be, like, uh, constant. And even if there is a decrease in, like, the raw materials prices start correcting, we will be basically uh, not reducing the price for at least one quarter or so, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why one quarter? So you, you would not like yeah. to reduce for the next one year. But no, these are there are market dynamics also. Yes, so you should understand. But uh, yes, every uh, all the peer group companies, everyone has increased the prices, and uh, there's a good acceptance of the price increase because I, I think everyone is feeling the pressure. The good part about UPL is because of our manufacturing, a lot of manufacturing we do by ourselves, and our strength in manufacturing. Uh, we are in a position to, as Raj very rightly mentioned, ensure the supply of them. And that's something which is now paying out very well. Uh, you know, our all investments in uh, manufacturing is being vindicated by the fact that we as a company to most of our customers know that if you are placed with orders with UPS, we will get the material. Uh, right. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, sir. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, 
you you see our year end inventory level in terms of uh, number of days which get you know published every 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 quarter among the industry peer we would be lower eh? so 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 a lot of uh, uh, clarity is there hmm? Uh, just to add here, uh, getting into a bit nut and bolt, but not into the detail process, because as Raj rightly said, he should explain that probably the whole call will be going to explain that. But we we have, and this is all in the SAP system. You know, we everything is done through the SAP system, so the financials and everything is linked up. But we have a rolling focus, so we have detailed budgets for the full year, product-wise, SKU-wise, which are plugged into the system. And then we uh, have a rolling three-month forecast which keeps coming in, and uh, at a global level. So it, it rolls up from every small country all the way up to global. Based on which we do, uh, uh, based on that forecasting, the production planning and everything is done. Keeping in mind the lead time with which we have to supply the product depends. You know, if it is Brazil, it takes 35 days. If it is US, it takes 25 days. If it is India, it takes five days. You know, so so all that is well planned. Uh, uh, as you are your first part of the question, you know, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the forex losses, you see what happened is that what is not or what was not, now we have corrected on that uh, in the uh, in our system and that's why it went unnoticed, was some of the advance orders which uh, uh, were taken in Brazil uh, and that's now a regular practice uh, to secure your business for the next season. And these advance orders were taken at a price, and then we suddenly saw the Brazilian real depreciating by almost 30 percent uh, in a very short span in February of 2020. Yes, well, between Jan and March of 2020, when the Brazilian real uh, really lost almost uh, 30, 40 percent in a very short span of time, and uh, subsequently, of course, we had the cost inflation coming in. Uh, and since we had taken the orders, uh, we had to, uh, we had no choice but to execute those orders uh, as, as part of our customer relationship and other things. So that's that's what hit us and brought those forex losses. So nothing to do with the supply chain. I think supply chain is a uh, they don't get into the financial aspect. These are all clear numbers of what is the quantum of SKU required by each 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 country slash region. All the way rolled up to global level, and then the entire production planning and everything happens through the system. Uh, so we have fairly sophisticated system. Otherwise, you cannot run these size of business. And just to complicate the issue, we have close to 5,000 SKUs or even more uh, overall at global level. Got it. Uh, just a couple of uh, more questions. I mean. Typically, uh, in terms of your uh, intermediate dependency, uh, you would be uh, sourcing intermediates at what level? N minus three, N minus four, and then doing the value add to convert into a active, and then sorry, technical, and then into uh, a formulation. So, N minus three, N minus four, would that be appropriate? So I think I, I, I initially uh, in the uh, you know when we started the, the discussion, I just said that. You know, for our probably top ten uh, products, we don't even import any intermediate. Okay. So, I mean, in in the sense that n minus ten or whatever, everything we do. Okay. It is only for uh, some product or uh, you know which are 
you know, strategically there as a part of the forest basket, and uh, you know, you know, we we do import uh, intermediate. But one thing I can I can tell you is that we don't we don't do any manufacturing or even a single uh, product wherein we bring intermediate into the last step, which means N minus one we bring and then make a product, not even single one, right? Correct. So correct. It, and uh, it, it, it's an NIC and four. Correct. And uh, what proportion would these uh, top ten uh, technical be contributing to your overall business? Approximately a ballpark. So I think these these you know we don't segment that and we don't uh, give that. Uh, but but it, it is very very significant. I mean that's what okay. I think. Okay. Would it be safe to presume that? Amongst your peers, you would definitely be the lowest cost producer as far as these uh, ten technicals are concerned. I mean, for that you 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 don't have have to go and check. I mean, that I can uh, I I can claim that yes, definitely yes. Okay, that's that's really helpful, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, this uh, I had an opportunity to visit your Jagadia facility. And you know the, the the thought process on backward integration, you know, uh, by interacting with the local team was very very impressive. Clearly, you know, x minus three, x minus n minus three, four, five. Uh, it was a very very impressive uh, facility and the thought process. Now, you know, one question before I take from the participant is that you know, uh, uh, you know, Raj, you commented that we are not a contract manufacturing company, right? And this year itself, so we have started manufacturing uh, for FMC. Now, two questions to this. One is that how has been the experience of you know catering to the new revenue stream and manufacturing uh, for FMC, and what is the thought process of further scaling this line of business? No, no, I think you you got it wrong. FMC is not a contract manufacturing business. FMC deal. Is where anyway the product is getting off patent in 22 and then 23 and 24 and 25 and 26 depending on which country you are talking about, right? And UPL anyway is first to enter. Yeah. Yeah. Question is that we got an early access, we got a deal, we'll make for them. Yes. As well as for us. Yes. Absolutely. And this is going to be a big, big business for you know, us, and therefore there is no question that it is a contract manufacturing. Yes, I mean we will. We are manufacturing for 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 us, but also for you know SMC, right? So it is uh, so 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 that so that way. it is going on very well. I mean, uh, uh, next year the plant should be up and running. And you know, what is the thought process of your uh, manufacturing? Let's not use the word contract manufacturing, but manufacturing for other innovators or you know generic companies. Uh, since we have such a you know good manufacturing uh, uh, base, can you repeat the question for you again? Yeah, something considering it, you know, uh, it seems that you know the SNC arrangement is going quite well. Uh, what is the thought process of using our manufacturing prowess to expand this relationship to other global companies? Uh, for you know, manufacturing some of the chemicals, which possibly as of now could be patented, but can be you know because can become generic and possibly next next few months. No, I think I think you know I mean we have lot many, lot many things on our plate ourselves, right? I mean I mean I mean why should 
and we 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 are we are we are struggling to cope with the growth and uh, you know to you know you know you know to ensure that that growth is sustained and therefore uh, and, and and you know doing uh, you know contract manufacturing more for somebody else exclusively i mean that's not a uh, you know you know that's not a line of business we are very much interested in I think, uh, you know, over the years, we have seen, and uh, today we have such, such uh, in-depth penetration in, and distribution in different markets across the globe, uh, that, uh, you know, unless we get something like a, the Renexapil molecule, like in case of FMC, yeah. which really further helps to add to our portfolio, uh, we, we wouldn't, I think the manufacturing more came because, uh, you see, the largest market is India for that molecule. And uh, they felt that they should take leverage on a low-cost uh, manufacturing capability. So the, the understanding is whoever is selling Renexapil in India, including FMC, mm-hmm. will have to source the product from us. Yeah. Okay. So I, I would say contract is more uh, sort of uh, a partnership where they want to leverage on our uh, manufacturing That's capability. Uh, and it's not like I'm just buy uh, manufacturing, give it to them, and then they sell. So, okay. okay. We take the next question from Nadesh. Nadesh, can you please unmute yourself? Thanks, uh, thanks, Aditya. Uh, so, the, uh, thanks for the opportunity. The first, uh, I, I have two questions. The first question is, uh, what is current reliance of the company, direct slash indirect, on imports from China? Uh, is the company also looking at monetizing its backward integration advantage uh, by selling outside customers, uh, by, by selling to outside customers once its internal requirement is fulfilled? So, uh, uh, Aditya, yeah, sorry, is, is that Aditya? Nidesh. Nidesh. Nidesh, so, you know, I mean, if you are asking for percentage, it would be, I mean, you know, this is not something that is there in the public domain, but I can tell you, uh, you know, about more than two thirds of our uh, of our of our spend is managed uh, in, you know internally, right? Uh, that much I can I can tell you. That's a very 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 substantial substantial number. So that will give you a sense that our dependence on I mean and and balance one third is not China and eh? not 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 China. I mean it is it is Europe. It is our key strategic suppliers, uh, uh, Japan or. Uh, Vietnam and 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 probably some also in U.S. in some countries. The second thing is on uh, is leveraging on our backward uh, manufacturing. See, we we are already doing it. For example, you know, we build the the the, the whole specialty chemical our our vertical to see, uh, you know, is leveraging that, right? Uh, but if you are if if, if you are asking about the HCM intermediate per se, that, you know, by and large we are not doing because that's an advantage, I mean, that's a, that's, that's a big advantage to, to you know, to you know, us to be able to leverage our market access, you know, I mean, uh, you know, and, and, and the second thing is that we don't have that much, you know, that big spare volume, volume spare. I mean, we ourselves every year, uh, struggle to de-bottleneck and de-bottleneck and de-bottleneck because every year we have to, we have to, you know, you know, at least, you know, 15% growth, uh, you know, we have to, uh, you know, you know, ensure no matter whatever is the 
Thank you, sir. But, uh, just to clarify, two thirds of our manufacturing is uh, done in India. And sir, if you look at from a historical perspective, time series, how is the trend? Uh, I, not say, I did not say we do it in India.
speciality head camp player but also as a visual performer i mean we we are we we are definitely not uh, you know in the comma we don't want to be there uh, because um you know it's a, it's a, it's a very different uh, uh, ball game but we are indirectly i'm saying we are we are already there we we are uh, supplying some of the key pharma intermediate you know because of our uh, you know xm manufacturing and the base what we have you know anyway the base is coming from organic non organic chemical itself and then you build on and value add and this and that and there are certain things you know where and we we you know this this particular specialty chemicals uh, piece is is getting bigger and bigger uh and and it will be very interesting um, uh, uh to you know see that uh, i mean i mean the growth which is you know you were able to see so we are anyway there in the not so pharma api space but we are there in the intermediate space and and there are very uh, interesting uh, pro, you know products which are anyway doing and you are supplying to your pharma so uh vision can you please unmute yourself and go ahead yeah uh, good evening sir so i just uh, one question uh, uh, when you look at uh, let's say uh, the overall uh, supply chain and the value addition which you do on the manufacturing side uh, and the other side of the business i i would break up into two manufacturing and marketing registration and other businesses and there are global models like arista which you can just marketing of products or the uh, companies like shada which just do marketing of products but when we look at margins for example uh, uh without doing manufacturing a lot of companies do like say around uh, 18 20% margin in your case including manufacturing uh your margin seems to be like 22% which is on a higher side compared to everyone else but uh, uh, is there anything which i'm missing here in terms of the end to end uh, supply chain uh, value addition which you do no i don't think you are uh, i mean uh, you know in a in a in you know four lines as you explained uh, that that looks really simple but 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 you know you know you know it is not for example you know the company's name that you took uh, yes they are they are they are asset light but the situation you know, you know it's also very very cyclical uh, like you know let's say tomorrow you know today in this kind of situation where uh, uh, there is a hyperinflation right and the product availability is not there i really don't know i mean how do you uh, how do you even think of uh, you know doing it right i mean uh, let's let's wait for the for the for the next two quarters and also for the companies to see right i mean i don't want to jump the gun but i think uh, you know and, and of course I mean, if you don't have a manufacturing per se of course you don't have also those kind of fixed costs no? and the so uh, yeah i think uh, i'm glad to acknowledge that these are better than some of the other companies the margins and uh, but clearly our business model we do believe and with the strong manufacturing base we do believe that uh, over the next 2 to 3 years we should be in the 24 25% range there's no question as we transition more and more towards differentiated products and sustainable products uh, we, we are quite confident of delivering those sort of margins and also on the consistency you know with quarter and year and year i mean you can even very well say you know predict 
you know the the margin and the revenue. I mean, uh, you know, anyone who is who is an who is an active investor. But but it will be very very difficult for someone to predict the Sardar's uh, profitability. You know, uh, you know, you know, next quarter and quarter and quarter. No, I just took Sardar as an example, but even Arista, for example, had this similar kind of model, and they were also doing quite well. So I was just thinking. Uh, are there product differences or are there geography differences? So their models, no, models are not exactly same. No, I think no, no. I think you know, you know. So Arista is a is a wrong example to give. The reason the reason is that Arista was not a is not a company. I mean, Arista and Sardar could not be compared. The reason the reason is that Arista is is not a generic a pure generic play company. You know, a large yeah, part yeah. of Arista revenue was coming from bio solutions. They had their own 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 complete end-to-end supply chain for the bio solutions. Even in even in agro in in the agrochemical space, they had they had uh, you know uh, you know proprietary uh, molecules. They you know uh, uh, so so they were exclusive this thing and you know and they had market access. So the profitability was uh, was uh, was you know uh, you know really good in terms of profit margins are really good in terms of those uh, parts and therefore the, these two companies cannot be compared when when those kinds of inventor and biosolution companies are there then in that case you can have uh, you know you 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 can really make good you know uh, margin even even if you are life. I mean even the cost is more. Understood, sir. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks. Thank you. Are you doing it? Uh, can you please go ahead? Uh, I uh, just a couple of follow-ups. You know, you know say 20, 25 years back when you ventured into you know Sandra international market share, uh, the strategy was you know gain uh, things which are in our hands, which is being able to manufacture at the lowest cost and then try to gain market share. But uh, as the business has evolved. Uh, the other competitive advantage uh, that UPL generated is market access, which has been further sort of amplified with the Arista acquisition. Um, so going forward, do we enlarge? Uh, so two things that you can do, right? You can leverage on that market access, uh, which is a capitalized uh, model, and uh, you know uh, get stuff manufactured and then sell it to the geographies, which any which way no one else can enter because no one would have a similar market access like yours. The second is, uh, while you concentrate on that, you will also continue to invest in your uh, manufacturing capability. Um, uh, the advantage of doing that is something that we've seen uh, in H1FY22, um, but maybe, uh, you know, it is a more capital intensive way to grow. Uh, so, how should we see that uh, going forward? Would the focus be more on, uh, you know, uh, uh, getting better market access and trying to spending that part of the business more, or it's going to be a one-to-one sort of a way to move forward. Sarang, uh, I think the answer here lies in uh, if you go to our website over the last two years since acquisition of Arista, we have defined we redefined our purpose and we now call it the open ag purpose where we start creating platforms where people can join us. And this platform focuses to see how we can provide solutions to the farmer and make the farming sustainable. Not only make farming sustainable, but make also the farmer sustainable. 
uh, and uh, whoever wants to purchase on that platform is welcome. And we see a lot of small business joining us on that platform. We see a last uh, like FMC joining us on that platform. We we see so many Japanese players joining us on that platform. So you're absolutely right when you know it's not that we 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 realize that we have become big enough and to keep further growing at this pace. It's not just uh, doing your own investment or keeping invest keep on investing money. There's a smarter way of doing things, and uh, that's that's where we sort of came up with this rebranding or re defining our purpose and um, that 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 open act all about got it tell me so just a couple of more of uh, the wali i mean given that you know you have about 75 to 80% of your business ironed out right uh, 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 it sounds a lot simpler than it is clearly for sure uh, what are the two three things of uh, you know which are extremely critical from your perspective which you know could sort of uh, be a make or break situation as far as uh, the the financial and operational implications of them are concerned i what i i didn't get a question so is it related to apply this thing yes sir i mean in in today's if if, if i see it at a very very macro level it would be uh, it would be you know this you know, currently, whatever you know, geopolitical scenario is doing doing out. Anything happening on that front, you know, uh, could could be, you know, not only us but you know, any any of the supply chain get get impacted. I think the second, if I if I say so, would be I mean, I mean, uh, you know, uh, ensuring that you have a safe and sound uh, safe and sound operation. Uh, so op- operating safely and being able to. To, to to deliver the product safely to to the customer is something um, which is which is paramount and um, is something extremely critical for our supply chain. Uh, right? Uh, I mean, the, these two things. I mean, there could be there, I mean, there could be others, but I'm saying you know you know could be geography based, could be in India, could be state specific, could be non order specific, could be some you know, something else. But but that is not. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's it for me. Thank you. Yes, uh, I think we are running out of time. Raj has uh, another meeting at 7 o'clock. Uh, so I think, you know, thanks a lot, uh, Raj. Thanks a lot, Anand, for joining us. Uh, uh, thanks for giving us this opportunity. We clearly uh, learned quite a bit. It was a very differentiated subject rather than having a normal conversation on the company. And supply chain important. You know, this is the best time, you know, to have a discussion on the supply chain where there is clearly a lot of disruption happening. Uh, thanks, thanks about uh, thank you, thank you. It's an honor to be to be here, and thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, everyone. Thanks, Avitya. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.